I'm your host, Anna Yardley, and you're listening to episode number seven with Mary Lake Bennett. It's all about the growth. You're listening to the Mindful Mantra Podcast, where we discover mantras that lead to lifelong success. If you're looking to take control of your thoughts to empower positive change, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we learn and apply the mantras that have shaped successful entrepreneurs, inspiring leaders, and everyday people into something great. Mary Lake Bennett is known as the former star libero of the BYU volleyball team who went on to play for Team USA. But Mary is so much more than an amazing volleyball pro. She's full of wisdom, mental toughness, and a friend to all. In this episode, Mary gets really personal with us and shares her challenges with injuries and disordered eating. No matter your circumstances, I know you'll learn from Mary as she chooses to focus on progress, relationships, and growth in all areas of her life. Here we go. Hello, everyone. How are we doing? I'm here with Mary Lake, and this is so fun because if you live anywhere in the Provo area or even if you're a BYU fan, you know who Mary is. She's the star libero of the BYU volleyball team, and she went on to play for Team USA Volleyball. She's so fun and hilarious and such a light to be around. So I'm so excited to have her here today. Mary, why don't you give us a brief intro of who you are, maybe where you're from, and then what you're doing today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on this podcast. I've listened to a little bit of episodes and I'm really excited to be on. So my name is Mary Lake Bennett now. I haven't legally changed it because (laughs) I have a weird connection to my last name, but I'm going to. And COVID. It's hard to change during COVID, I feel It's hard emotionally, logistically. Yeah. But so I am from Palm Springs, California. If you watched the last season of The Bachelorette, you know where that is. I grew up I was the youngest of six children and the youngest of all the grandkids on my lakeside. And so I'm just the baby of life. (laughs) I love my family. I love my parents. And from a really early age, I started playing volleyball. I would watch my older sisters play because that's what they did. And there's kind of an age gap between us. And so it was just my way to bond with them. I would beg them to play volleyball with me or I would watch their games and get so nervous and excited for them. And so, yeah, I played volleyball for BYU. I love BYU. I'm a Cougar through and through. And I only say good things about BYU because I love my experience here. And then after my junior year, I went and tried out for Team USA, just a college tryout. And they actually offered me a spot to go train with their national team. And it was terrifying and amazing. It was their top team and I felt like a tiny, tiny fish in a big pond. We played in a tournament that went to like seven different locations worldwide, a week in each place, and we won the tournament We and we qualified for the Olympics. When I was on the team, I didn't do much, to be honest. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> no, I promise. I played like two games and the first one was horrible. The second one, we actually beat the team but but yeah I miss the girls I miss team USA and that's a little bit about me (laughs) that's cool that's so fun and Mary she's not only a star and amazing at volleyball but so many other areas of life so we're going to kind of get into your volleyball journey 
a little bit later in this episode. But first, I want to dive into kind of who you are as a person and what drove you to get you where you are today. And we're going to do that by hearing what your life mantra is, or maybe a mantra that you have in volleyball or other areas of your life. What are you telling yourself to keep pushing through hard things? Yeah, one thing that they always talked about on the volleyball team was they always said, it's all about the growth. And my freshman year, me and my volleyball friends, Emily Lewis and Keani Tuleta, that's all they would say. And they were such good examples of that. And honestly, it's hard to live by sometimes. And I don't, I forget that that should be my life mantra. But really, when you just focus on growing and focusing on becoming a better person, I mean, that's like, that's what I believe religiously. And that's, I think that applies to anything that we're wanting to do, whether it's with education or a career or a sport or any goal. If we just focus on growing, then we can take it one day at a time and we probably reach our goals faster. Totally. I love that. I love that. Do you have a specific example or scenario that you can think of that illustrates that principle or that mantra for you? Yeah. I mean, in volleyball, it's easy to do a volleyball example, but I would be passing and I'm just really frustrated because I I know where I want to be skill level wise and I'm not there or getting frustrated because I'm trying to make all these changes and saying like, it's all about the growth. It allows you to just be your best one play at a time or one day at a time. And that's like all that coaches or yourself can ask for. Outside of volleyball, I am in the accounting program and I thought I was like pretty good at math growing up. And then I get to the accounting program and I'm just surrounded by geniuses. And so for me, just even in my learning, just remembering that even if I don't understand a concept immediately, that it's all about the growth and that honestly, we can pick up any skill that we want if we focus on just slowly getting better at it. Yeah, that's so good. And that's honestly crazy that you're the in the accounting program at BYU because it's in the top five accounting programs in the nation. And you're not only doing that, you're doing a master's in accounting. And you also played volleyball for four years of your time at BYU. How did you balance all of that specifically when you started dating Jeff? And before you started dating Jeff and you were trying to date around or you're trying to keep a social life, what did you do to balance all that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Looking back, that was a great, that was a buck wild time of life. That's what I say. Because we, that year that I started the junior core, junior core just means the first really hard years in your program. That was a year that my team in volleyball did super well. We like went to the final four and we were really high rank. And I was just constantly switch. I was compartmentalizing my whole life, like switching between school, which I felt behind and volleyball, which I loved, but it was like, we have a lot of pressure on us and we want to do really well. So I learned to just section off parts of my life in different times and try to block out the other things that were going on. I mean, socially, honestly, I did not have a social life. And I feel like it snowballed and kept going. When I was finished with volleyball, that's when COVID started. But I don't know, I joke with my family that I would have to schedule in times to go to the bathroom. Because I just felt like I would wake up, go to school, go to volleyball, go back to the library, study with my accounting friends, and and then go home, read my scriptures, go to sleep, read, read my scriptures, go to sleep. I did forget to mention, I made awesome friends in the accounting program. And BYU accounting program is incredible because 
super hard, but they pair you, put you in groups with amazing people. They actually have psychologists come and pair you with people who you'd be compatible with. And they hit it on the head. I'm still best friends with the kids in my accounting group. One of them is actually my sister-in-law. Her name's Kate, and she is Jeff's sister. And I was really good friends with her before I even started dating Jeff. So I owe a lot of my life to the accounting program (laughs) and the BYU volleyball program. And I just feel like I have been molded by both of them. So that's cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. When you were going through this time and you're trying to balance all your things and just focus 100% on whatever you were doing at that time and kind of compartmentalize, like you were saying, how did you define success in the different areas of your life? Like, how did you know that you were successful in school and in volleyball and in other parts of your life and maybe faith? How did you know that you were on the right track? I'm sure your mantra probably plays into it, but how did you know you were successful? Yeah, I think that this is an interesting one because I think a lot of the ways that athletes tend to set goals and be super driven. I'm kind of not like that. Like I'm not very, I don't put a goal in my head and then run after it or grind through it. A lot of my motivation is just kind of in the moment motivation. And I know that's might not work for a lot of people, but one thing that I knew that looking back that I really measured my success by was my relationships. So in volleyball, if I had good relationships with my teammates, if I was communicating clearly with my coaches, good relationships with the helping staff and the facilities members, like that's when I tended to be doing better at volleyball. And I don't know if there's an exact correlation there, but I think there's got to be some correlation. Same with accounting. When I was communicating with my teammates, when I was asking them about their lives, when I was building those relationships and with professors, talking with them and communicating with them, that's when I tend to be more successful. And so maybe that's not the best way to measure success, but it's a good tool for success is that I should be constantly working on my relationships and strengthening them. That's so interesting. I've never thought of it like that, but it's so true because I feel like your relationships are an outward reflection of how you feel inside and thinking about others instead of yourself. And so if you're really focusing on your relationships, then then everything else just kind of pans out. Yes, completely. And I think that people miss that, that when you're being the best well-rounded person that you can be, it doesn't mean you have straight A's. That doesn't mean that you're the prettiest or it doesn't mean you're anything. But when you're just focusing on others and when you're focusing on kindness, that a lot of things in life work out. And maybe I'm just a very privileged person and things have worked out really well for me. But I feel like when I'm putting myself out there for my relationships, my life is better. That's so good. I feel like that could even be like another mantra, you know, (laughs) that's good. Okay, so now I kind of want to dive into your volleyball journey and then pick it apart of what you learned from it and challenges you had as you did it. So You said that you started playing volleyball because your sisters and they were an example to you and you kind of wanted to look up to them and spend time with them. How did you get into high school volleyball and how did that translate to college and then Team USA? Yeah, so growing up, I was a tomboy. I didn't, my best friend was my next door neighbor and he was a boy and we were the same age and we just played all day long with any sports that we could play. And so I found myself being obsessed with volleyball. I would pass a volleyball against the wall to myself for like hours every day. Maybe not every day, but it would be hours. And 
my parents actually just painted over the dirty garage wall because that's how much I played when I was younger. And so I grew up naturally just like loving sports. And I was I played soccer and I played volleyball and eventually chose between those two. I actually had an experience. So in volleyball, there's high school volleyball and club. And I decided to go to a club team that was an hour away from my house. It was kind of like a scary decision. They were a really good team. Not like they were good, but kind of in the back. They weren't like the most flashy team. And my team ended up doing really well. And I loved the program. In order for me to play with them, I had to practice on Sundays. And I just remember the last Sunday that I had practice of the season. Well, the Sunday after that, when I didn't have practice, I just remember crying to my parents how happy I was to just have a Sunday where I wasn't doing anything sports related. So that was just an interesting lesson that I learned from volleyball. Like I made that choice to play and that's not what every girl should do. But even with the absence of keeping the Sabbath day holy, I still learned a lesson that that's important to me. So in high school, I had a really awesome high school coach. He, I say that he is the male version of my BYU volleyball coach. They're like very equally yoked. I got recruited from BYU as a sophomore. And my senior year of high school, the um, season before my junior year, we had won the CIF title in California. It's like basically state. It was like this really big deal. We were supposed to do really well the next year, my senior year. And I tear my ACL. Yeah, it was it was such a dark time in my life. Like I got the surgery and then I graduated high school early to go to BYU to rehab. And it was dark and it was winter time. And I was from California and I was away from my parents. I had like just turned 17, like three months earlier, basically. Wow. Maybe not three months. Yeah. September. That's young. Yeah. So I was really young. I was a insecure. I had just injured myself and was insecure in my volleyball also. And so I rehabbed my knee and things got better. <laughs> I had awesome friends at BYU. And then I started my freshman year. So I'm playing at BYU and I'm getting kind of some recognition for... I wasn't like the best ever, I don't think, but I was getting better and people started to recognize me. I was really feisty and maybe not the best technical wise, but I just wanted to win. I was laser focused and was nervous for every single game, even against the last ranked person in our league because I was just so nervous all the time. And I remember that when we played a team in, I think it was Texas, my junior year, that Karch Karai, the USA coach, was emceeing it or commentating on it. And everyone after the game told me, like, Karch was saying these, these, these things about you. Like, he thinks you're awesome and he thinks you're really disciplined and have really good technique. And I was like, oh, that's super, like, that's such an accomplishment. So I mean, cool. not an accomplishment. That's such a compliment. Uh huh. At BYU, we're taught a lot about humility. And so I always erred on the side of that I didn't think I was as good as I was. But I went and tried out for Team USA. Just they have like college teams that go play places. So I tried out for that. And then a couple weeks later, Karch called me and asked if I wanted to go try Team USA for the summer, which was super scary because that had never been on my radar. I was like, is this what I want to do? It would be really hard because I would go from off-season training at BYU 
which people think the off season is like easy, but off season is harder. They work your bodies. You're taking your hardest classes. You're lifting a lot. You go from that to USA, playing volleyball three hours a day, lifting an hour a day, playing in tournaments where my body is getting destroyed. (laughs) It's getting destroyed and uh, time changes. Like my body was going through a lot. And then immediately after that, going in and playing my last season at BYU. And so it was so much. I agreed to do it and I'm so glad that I did it, but it was really hard. I have nothing but amazing things to say about the USA coaches and the girls. I miss them all the time, but it was really intense. And then I played my last season at BYU and I honestly just felt like it was time to be done. So I told them that I didn't think I was going to be coming back, which was really sad because they had invested so much time in me. I felt guilty and I knew I was going to miss seeing those girls and those relationships. But I was excited about my future career. I wanted to finish schooling, which I didn't know if that was going to be able to happen. And I was getting married. So I was excited about that. So yeah, people ask me like, are you going to the Olympics? And I'm like, well, I don't even know if if I had still played volleyball, I don't know if I would have made that team. Oh, you totally probably wouldn't have. (laughs) No, I just never was my dream. And I have felt so much peace in my decision. And I think that's just a big blessing because I know that people really regret stopping playing their sport, but I feel so good about the things that I have coming up. So Yeah, that's so good. So you said that your body was going through so many hard times while you're in volleyball. And I'm sure mentally you're going through so many hard things, trying to balance everything, the nerves of games. What were some of the biggest lessons that you pulled out of your time playing volleyball? One of them was just that the people who tend to do well are the ones who come in every day and put their ego aside or try to and they are teachable, they're humble, they take what the coaches tell them, and they try to be confident in themselves. So what made my BYU team so special is that our coaches hounded into us confident humility and being humble, and anybody can be anybody. And so I just really learned the lesson of humility and what that does for your relationships, for yourself. When you're humble, you don't feel the need to prove things to other people. You don't feel the need to be seen or be seen for the wrong things. And so I definitely was taught humility. Another thing is just how much of an impact little things every day has on your lives. I would go into practice and I honestly regret not doing this more, like not learning this lesson from my freshman year of every touch that I have, I want it to be the best that it can be. And if it's not, that's okay. I just move on and do the next one because a good attitude every day and focused thinking snowballs. And that's a really intense way to live your life. I don't think that you need to do that every day. I'm all about not being super hard on yourself because that doesn't do good for everyone. But just doing something every day will really change your life. Mm hmm. It's so true. Okay, so there was a post on the Humans of BYU about you, which if you don't know what Humans of BYU is, it's an Instagram page where people open up and they share their stories. So we can all kind of see further into people and just be empathetic. And there was a post about Mary on there about body image and eating and what happened to you as you played volleyball 
and came to college and how it kind of intensified, especially from being in a volleyball uniform, which I played volleyball all growing up too. So I totally know you're wearing spandex and a tight uniform. So tell us a little bit about this because every single girl, no matter their shape and size, struggles with body image. And where did this stem from? And then what did you learn and where are you now? Yeah, I think this is such an important topic that we're all I remember when I was in my darkest time and anyone would talk about it, it would be like I was glued to the screen because you just crave knowing that people are experiencing the same things as you. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of why I decided to talk about it on Humans at BYU. It was a little scary because I was still like pretty insecure back then and about everything. And I felt a lot of shame around what was going on, but now I feel really good about it. So my experience started off with my first love interest in high school, mostly like interest. It was, I started going on dates with this boy and I was so nervous about it and I was so awkward. I just had no appetite, zero appetite. And I didn't care because back then I couldn't, I didn't think about my body. I didn't think about food. I didn't obsess about it. But after like three months of that, of Anytime he texted me, I like couldn't eat basically. My friends were like making comments like, oh, you look really good. You look really tiny. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that I needed to look smaller or it just kind of made me aware of my body. And then flash forward, that ends and I go back to normal and it's fine. But then I tear my ACL and I kind of start becoming obsessive about it. I swear, when I tore my ACL, I like didn't eat any food because I was worried that I had stopped working out and I was worried about BYU and I didn't want to gain any weight and people kind of made comments to me about it. And so while I was at BYU, I kind of fluctuated between starvation and just eating very, very, very healthy. I look back and I'm so annoyed with myself because I was that friend that if my friends went out for brunch or anything, I would go, but I wouldn't eat anything. I'd be like, oh, no, I'm not hungry, which if you're going through that, that's fine. And I have nothing but empathy and love and understanding for the situation that you're in because it's all in your head. But I look back and I'm like, oh, I was an athlete and I constantly thought about food. I thought that my issue with food was that I liked it too much. And so I was so I was so obsessive. All day, I would be thinking about what my next snack would be and planning out if it was healthy enough and planning out if I am allowed to have it. Like, am I hungry enough to have this snack right now? Have I worked out enough? And in the moment, I thought that I was just doing my best. I thought that I was just like doing what was responsible and what I was supposed to be doing. And that went on for a couple of years and in different stages, right? Like at first, it's starvation and then every once in a while your body just freaks out and you have to eat everything and then you feel super guilty about it and you're like what's wrong with me why can't I just go back to how I was when I first started dieting so I started following some body positive people and what I actually found with a lot of those people is that they preach body positivity and intuitive eating but it's with like micro restrictions and it's with there's still diet culture embedded in that because the whole message is listen to your body and you'll get skinny or listen to your body and your body will normal out and be skinny again. And so I wanted to intuitively eat, but I was doing it with the hopes that I would lose weight, which 
doesn't work because then you're still obsessing. So my junior year, I did something very radical. I read this book and it's called The Effort Diet. And the F word is in that title. And so it's basically this girl who shares her story about how she saw and witnessed the same thing, went through the same things that I did, but she just decided to let all floodgates open and eat whatever she want whenever she wanted. And I know that this is controversial. As an athlete, like that's so not what you should be doing. But I decided that my mental health was so much more important and that my physical health, I wanted to get to a point where I wasn't obsessing about food. I was living my life. I was back to how I was when I was little, where food wasn't the main thing in my life. Mm -hmm. So I did that. I gained a lot of weight my junior year. And I heard some comments. I heard that some whole male sports teams were talking about it. I got some pushback from different people in volleyball. And it kind of forced me to be really sure of myself and sure of my decisions. No, I don't care if I gain weight. The long term is so much more important than right now. And I'm just so proud of my little self back then because it was like the scariest thing I've ever done, honestly. There was so much strengthening in my relationship with myself and my relationship with God. I knew that he led me to that. He showed me that that's what I should be doing. And I feel after about two years of it, I feel completely cured. I know that sounds crazy, but I don't think about food. I don't obsess. I like working out. I don't do it all that often. I like to walk. I like to dance a lot. I eat honestly more healthy than I did when I was obsessing about health because that's just what my body wants. I can take a bite of a crumble cookie and be like, I don't really like this flavor. And I just say that because that's how our bodies want to be. If you're in that really dark place because, oh my gosh, I remember, I just remember thinking to myself like, this is how my life is going to be the rest of my life. I am going to be obsessed with food and obsessed with my body and nothing will ever be small enough. But I feel so whole now. And honestly, the awesome thing is I was attracted to Jeff, who is so normal and good about body and food. It kind of helped me have a crush on him because I was best friends. I'm best friends with his sister. And we would just kind of talk about that because we were very open about that with each other. And their family has such an awesome relationship with food. They're such awesome people. And she would always talk about how like her brothers don't really make comments about girls' bodies or judge girls' bodies like that. And it, it was a light bulb like, oh, I, this kid is so awesome. And I felt that completely in our relationship. Being with him has helped me to heal my relationship with food, which is such a blessing. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm glad that I learned that that was something that's important to me. So that's a very long-winded story. But yeah, I could talk for hours about just the things that athletes go through when their bodies aren't conventionally what people think they should be. I honestly think that with how much working out and stress that athletes are under, it's only natural for their bodies to gain weight or to be a little bigger because stress and sleep and all that stuff have such a direct correlation with how our body reacts. So I'm in no way a dietitian and don't really recommend doing what I did because you should just go seek out help. But I didn't know that there was help. I didn't know that there were people who believed that what I had was dark enough to get help for. I thought, oh, I don't have any eating disorder. Like I'm not anorexic. I don't look it. 
But I was. I was eating way less than I should have been as an athlete. So if you're in that boat, look for a local free, maybe a college has one, BYU has one, a center that helps with eating disorders and helps women get through them because you don't have to live with that. You don't have to live with the self-hatred and the doubting and the lack of confidence when you walk into a room with other girls. I don't feel I need to compare myself anymore because I know that my worth is so much more robust than just how I look in a pair of jeans. Wow. Thanks so much for sharing that. That was so good and so vulnerable and so important to hear because especially when you're in that mental state, you don't even realize it. Like you said, you don't realize that you're in it until you're out of it and you can look back and learn from it. And I love that you eventually figured it out from inside out. You knew what needed to happen and you didn't focus on what needed to happen in like a couple of years where you are now, but you focused on every day, just kind of changing your mindset exactly like your mantra, just focus on the growth and and then where it's led you today. I think it's amazing because it's so hard to pull out of that and to totally shift your mindset. Our minds are definitely what gets us into challenges or what gets us out is how we think about them. So I think that you're so inspiring. I really like what you said. Their minds get us in and they get us out. That's super true and super awesome. Yeah. So fun. Okay. I have just a couple more questions for you. We're almost through. This has been so fun. I want to know, you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I know through my life of playing sports and having professors and mentors, they've said things that have, I feel like they've shaped who I am. People have said things that really stick with me. Do you have anything that coaches have said to you that get you through life? In volleyball, we have a mental strength coach named Craig Manning and Craig is amazing. (laughs) Uh, He's just gives so much wisdom about sports and how, and all that stuff also applies to life. One thing that immediately comes to mind is my mom always quotes my neighbor who says life is messy and I think that's really true and it really helps me to kind of appreciate the people around me because everyone is in a mess like we're all going through really messy things and I think that right now we don't it's very in to not have compassion for people and not have understanding for what's going on in their lives or where they're coming from, you know, with like cancel culture and just people have one action and then their whole lives are ruined. Like, what is that? That's not, that's not good. That's not grace. And I just love that quote, life is messy because it gives me grace to have my life be messy and helps me understand that other people's lives are messy. So I love that quote from my mom. Love you, Madeline. (laughs) (laughs) That is so good. It's a good reminder to step back and just not judge anything. When you just remember that everything's messy, everyone's life is a mess, then you don't judge them, which is so good. I really like this one quote by one of the apostles, but it was, beware of pride. I'm just kind of paraphrasing. And a lot of times you think of pride as coming from the top down. Rich people or famous people or people like that are prideful towards the people that or quote unquote below them. But where you see it a lot more is from the bottom up, just jealousy and hatred and envy and going along with that. When people are different than you, it's because of their experiences and it's because of the things that they've seen and the things they've seen in their other people's lives. So in this political climate, especially like if people have different views than you, 
It's because their life was shaped differently. And that goes both ways. Having more understanding for people who are really passionate about something that you're not, that doesn't mean that it's what they've experienced isn't real. And I don't know, I just am really passionate about that. If we're really living like the Savior lived, we would be approaching every single situation and issue with a place of compassion. That's so good. I'm also so passionate about that and perspective because understanding that we don't understand the other person's perspective. I think that's key that knowing that we don't have their story, we don't see their side, and we just don't know unless we were them. And so giving everyone that grace, yeah. that compassion is just so key, so important. One last question. You played volleyball for what, like 12 years, something crazy. Yeah. Competitively, it was pretty much your whole life. What are you doing now? You've stopped volleyball and how have you filled that hole? Because I'm sure that it's been hard in some ways and good in some ways to get time back. Has there been anything that you've learned from having a shift and change in your life? Yeah, um, I have picked up some hobbies now that I have some more time. It's kind of hard because when I stopped playing volleyball, a couple months later, later, COVID happened. And so going to church and seeing people from church hasn't been a thing, which I really miss. And those humans connections I really miss. So I wish that I could be exploring more in that area. But I really love cooking. <laughs> That's fun. I I say that my dream vacation would be to travel across Europe and every location I would just sneak away from Jeff and go do a cooking class with like authentic <laughs> food because I know he wouldn't want to do six of them or whatever but that's my dream um I have big aspirations to like learn how to quilt because my mom quilts or knit or something like that but Jeff and I mountain bike we did last spring and I love that I also am really excited about my career so I am gonna be a tax accountant hopefully get my CPA and I'm just excited to, my dream is to do individual taxes for high wealth individuals, just to like advise and that stuff really interests me. So I'm excited for that. But I play rec league. I do love playing volleyball and I miss it. And people are always like, if they ace me, they're like really excited. And I'm like, you know, I have it. Like, I'm not that great. <laughs> like, I'm not, not as good as I once was in the words of Tim McGraw. But <laughs> But yeah, I have found a lot of joy in slowing down and in allowing myself to do things that aren't like really intense. Because mm -hmm. I think as athletes, we now crave the intensity. Like for 10 years of our lives, we've been like adrenaline junkies, basically, and loving the intense moment and the after adrenaline. And so just learning to slow down and to be okay in this slow space has been really vital for me that's really important and you also I know I've seen it you also do kids camps kids volleyball camps so I'm sure that's fun to kind of tap back into it and stuff so yeah it's super fun and the girls are so cute they like basically I realized you don't have to it's good to coach them it's better to just build them up like these little girls if you give them a compliment or tell them that they were your this best camper in this area they just eat that up and it probably is better for them than technical training ever is so yeah I'm doing another one this summer I'm really excited so <laughs> yeah and you're such a good example to them having this time on this episode with you I've learned so much I'm sure those girls it's a good person that they can look up to which is so important today 
You've been amazing. I just can't thank you enough for coming on. And your mantra is so important for everyone to remember and for me to remember to just focus on the growth and not worry about the numbers or things down the road, even if we have goals, just to focus on the little things we do every day and focus on becoming better. You're the best. Thanks so much for being on, Mary. Thank you so much. This was an awesome interview. Okay. See you guys later. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review and share with your friends so we can bring more mindful mantras to this world. Thanks a million and I'll see you next time.